Hey everyone, welcome to the round table this week. We're going to do something a little differently. I think we're always doing something a little differently yeah. at the round table. <laughs> Last year we were at play school with some three-year-olds. I was um, going to say, I've significantly raised the age of your guests. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, that was hilarious because I had no idea what was going to happen last <laughs> week. I took the computer into that the three-year-old classroom. But anyway, we had fun. Um, but this week, we're going to talk about our plan to get back into the building. We've been doing outdoor services since since late May and God has been so good to us, mm. giving us amazing weather. Can you believe it, Jeff? I mean, unbelievable. I yeah. mean, one, one single rain out in that entire stretch and, and not just, you know, decent weather, good weather. Like we've had some beautiful, just gorgeous. I mean, just filling the skies with our worship, you know, that just, yeah, it's, I can't even believe how good, God has been through weeks and weeks and weeks of that. So yeah, awesome. yep. now we have a lot of faith, uh, but we don't have the faith that that's going to get us through December, January, <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. nice weather. So he also ordained the seasons, right? Yes. <laughs> we know what's coming. <laughs> that's right. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to read through the letter that we sent to our Veritas members. It's also on the Veritas website, veritascommunity.org. You can check it out, but I want to read it to provide kind of some context and, and we can discuss it, Jeff, and kind of talk through the process that we, we've gone through and just add commentary at the end and um, just some of the questions that we've had and, and working through that. So I'm just going to go ahead and read the letter and then add some commentary. So here it is. Veritas members, it is getting cold out there. You don't have to be a meteorologist, just an eyewind to know that we weren't going to be able to worship outdoors for much longer. But hasn't it been a great run, 14 weeks straight? Praise God, here's our plan moving forward. September, uh, these next couple weeks, so September 27th and October 4th, we're going to be doing the one service outdoors at 1030 while continuing online. October 4th is our 10-year celebration outdoors. Uh, we're going to have food and fellowship after. It's going to be a blast. October 11th, so that is going to be our first week back inside. Three services indoors, 8 a.m., mask required, 9.15 and 10.45, masks optional, Veritas Kids will be offering full programming, zero to fifth grade at the 915 and 1045 service. All of this in case of inclement weather over the next couple weeks um, will go to the three service indoor plan. So if, if it rains in the next couple weeks, we'll move it inside and do this plan that we have here with the three services. We don't have to tell you that there are many perspectives on how to gather as a church right now. These are not simple decisions. Below are more detailed answers to the questions we've had to answer, but we've used these two principles to guide us through the decision-making process. We welcome you and we trust you. We welcome you. Veritas has always been a come-as-you-are church. We want to welcome everyone where they're at so we can offer the good news about Jesus Christ to all. Number two, we trust you. The body of Christ comes together with various physical, emotional, and spiritual needs, as well as varying convictions on disputable matters. 
We believe that our diversity yet unity and essential beliefs displays the love of Jesus. Every person has to take responsibility for their actions, understanding their obligations to love their neighbor, honor authority, and follow their conscience. These dark days of hostility and division in our culture are an opportunity for humility and unity to shine from God's people. May God help us live out Philippians 4, 5. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Grace and peace, the elder team. Mark Aaron, Eric Bodine, Brian Dermody, Jeff Dodge, Dale Mulliken, Bobby Scott, Brad Berkley. I'm gonna go through the frequently asked questions. Mm. Number one, what is Veritas's plan for seating in the auditorium? So allowing for social distancing is one of our primary goals. The primary reason we added a third service is because seating capacity is gonna be limited. Auditorium seating capacity will re will be reduced from our 725 uh, pre-COVID seating setup to 350 to 450 seats, depending on final setup configuration. Once auditorium seating reaches capacity on a Sunday morning, additional people will not be allowed in and overflow seating will be available in the lobby. We anticipate our 9.15 service time will be the most preferred time, likely reaching full capacity. Therefore, we encourage anyone who is able to consider attending the eight o'clock service or 10.45 to help more evenly distribute our overall attendance and make sure space is available for visitors who are likely to attend the 9.15 service. Number two, is there anything else I should be aware of on Sunday mornings? Number one, as much as possible, touch surfaces will be minimized and regularly cleaned. Doors will be opened. Number two, if you would like to spend time in fellowship, either before or after the service, if the weather allows for it, consider moving your conversations outside the building. Three, our desire is to give everyone who wants to maintain strict social distancing an opportunity to do that. Make an effort to keep primary entrances and exit paths clear before and after services. And four, listen to announcements and be ready for more changes as we discover what works or doesn't work. The third question gets into more, these next three questions are, get into more of the kind of the controversial parts of the decision. Isn't it reckless and unloving to our community for us to gather in person during this pandemic? What if a Veritas or Salt Company gathering is viewed negatively in our community? As elders, our responsibility is to lead the church as under shepherds of Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. Our spiritual stewardship from God is to keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account, Hebrews 13, 17. Although the physical health of our church and greater community is a factor in our decision-making process, we are going to prioritize people's spiritual and relational health. We will take precautions in consideration of the health risks, such as limited capacity, changing the way we do communion, extra cleaning, online service option for those at greater risk. And we will continually assess the current local threat of COVID-19 through cases, morbidity rate, and hospitalizations. We realize that some people would hope that we would take more precautions and some would prefer we take less. In this, we ask for grace and understanding. We also acknowledge health risks are not the only risks through these times. There is a high risk of social isolation, perpetuating fear and anxiety, 
disengagement from worshiping our God, as well as spiritual and relational complacency. As a church, our motive is to provide ministry environments that best facilitate caring for the souls of God's people. While we understand that many of you have very legitimate and wise reasons for connecting to our virtual church gatherings, we also acknowledge the human tendency to follow the easiest path. If you are able, we encourage in-person attendance. Corporate worship is an essential practice and uniquely allows for our faith to be strengthened, our souls to be encouraged, and the body of Christ to be served. As we look at the ministry of Jesus, we see that he moved courageously toward lepers, the highly contagious outcasts and untouchables of his time. Luke 5, 12 through 13 says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. We also see the description of the early church in the great plague of 251, where Cyprian urged Christians, quote, not to pray from a safe distance for people who are desperately ill, but to nurse sick people and touch them. He reminded them that they could act in this mortally dangerous way because their faith in Christ, which gave them hope for everlasting life and healed their fear of death. That's from the book, The Patient Ferment of the Early Church. Number four, doesn't Paul's instruction to obey government authorities in Romans 13 compel us to require masks? In this Unique moment, we're getting mixed signals from the federal, state, regional, city, and university authorities. In Governor Kim Reynolds' most recent proclamation, August 27th, though still not mandating masks, she said, quote, I strongly encourage all Iowans, two or older, to wear a mask or other face covering when in public settings, especially in circumstances when it is not possible to remain six feet away from others outside their household, unless it is unsafe to do so because of health or disability. End quote. Moreover, we've contacted the governor's office and their encouragement to us was to allow room for social distancing. For this reason, we've added services to allow for this. This will lead some to conclude that masks should be worn while others may conclude they have freedom in this. Our leadership team has concluded this is not a clear right or wrong issue. Therefore, we wanna leave room for people to follow their conscience. We are not willing to turn people away from church over convictions of mask wearing, nor do we desire for our focus to be on the enforcement of these mandates in our gatherings. While seeking to maintain a submissive posture through this, we are grateful that many of the above authorities have recognized religious organizations' constitutional right to gather peaceably. For example, in an update sent to the University of Iowa students, the administration clarified that the code of student life, quote, does not apply to services and worship. End quote. Let's continue to pray for wisdom for our government leaders who are in such a difficult leadership position, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. And last question, number five. Regardless of, of the state laws, shouldn't our command to love one another compel us to wear masks? Immediately after Paul's teaching on obeying governing authorities, Romans 13, 1 through 7, and our obligation to love our neighbor, Romans 13, 8 through 10, he acknowledges that there will still be, quote, disputable matters among God's people. In Romans 14 through 15, verse 6, and 1 Corinthians 8 through 9, we are given specific instructions on how to navigate these issues. In Romans 14, 10, after explaining that there are many complex motives and factors that go into people's choices, he concludes, but you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God 
So then each of us will get, give an account of himself to God. Other churches and fellow believers within Veritas will make different decisions in this. Based on Romans 14, it may not be sin to wear or not wear a mask, but it is a sin to stand in the place of God to judge them. Not everyone who wears a mask is doing so out of fear, and not everyone who doesn't wear a mask is doing so out of selfishness. Our desire is to pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another, and to not tear down God's work because of the mask issue, Romans 14, 19 through 20. We will respect each other, assume the best of one another, and maintain unity in that which our unity is founded, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the shared belief that he is the hope of the world. So Jeff, I want to talk a little bit about the, the process for us that we've gone through as a leadership team walking through this. And, and yeah, I wonder if you could just kind of, I don't know, just yeah. add some yeah. commentary to that. Well, I mean, I think the, the one really cool thing is all of our staff directors, elders are pretty embedded in the community of faith. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're hearing constantly just because we're friends, <laughs> we're brothers and sisters with a pretty big chunk of, of Veritas community is represented in those circles. You know what I mean? So I feel like we have kept a finger on the pulse of, of God's people. And I think that's really important because um, whether there was sickness going on that we could respond to, fear going on, just all these different things. I think we've, we've been tuned in, you know what I mean? In other words, I, I've been glad that we haven't been in some secluded room making big decisions that we're just going to come out and kind of, uh, right. you know, proclaim. I feel like this, these yeah. are the, this bubbles up from all the active conversations all of us are having with, with our people. Like right. this is way more of one of those examples. I feel like that we are way more walking shoulder to shoulder with our people and then decisions have to be made about how we do it. So that's, that's on us, but this isn't like a super authoritative kind of moment, you know, like yeah. clearing up a doctrinal dispute or something like that. This is, man, here we are, we're all in this together. How can we move forward together? Yeah. More of that spirit yeah. of things, I think. Yeah. yeah. It, it was interesting because the question, and, and we kind of asked this in the, the frequent last question section of this, but you know, the comment um, that someone had made was just, Hey, why not? Like you should just require mass and, and ask people to do this. And I think it's, if you don't do that, it makes the gospel look really bad. It, it makes Christians look selfish. It makes, you know, and, and I think once we, um, as we've wrestled with this, when you, we're never going to be epidemiologists. That's right. not our job, but we are pastors. We, we know God's word. And as we, as we look at um, Romans 13, 14, 15, and once you put this in the category of a disputable matter, right? A disputable matter being, this is not, you can't say it's clearly sinful to, to not wear a mask. Like, mm -hmm once you put it in that category of like, ah, I could kind of go either way, you know, right. um, there's some 
godly people who disagree on this topic is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Once you put it in that category, you do have biblical instruction on how right. to navigate that. Right. And right. once we put it in that category, that's where we would not cast judgment on any church who's made a different decision on this. Totally. Right? Christians who disagree. And when we were talking to someone within Veritas who, who disagreed, there's a lot of people who disagree with this decision and would do it differently. I, I said to them, I was like, I, I'm not asking you to change your convictions on this. Mm -hmm. And the way that I think this actually brings glory to Christ and not uh, shame on the, on the gospel and on the name of Christ is that what we are modeling is that in the church, people can disagree, but the basis of our unity is not that we agree on every little thing. Right. Like the way that our world is like, is so tribal in that we have to agree down to a micro level on every single thing. And we shame the people who aren't. We bully the people who aren't. We mock the people who aren't. And, and we kind of rally the, our tribe together I think what we say as a church, when we come together, we come from different political persuasions. Mm -hmm. We come from different perspectives on health, um, all of those things. But as we gather, those things are not the basis of our unity. Those things mm -hmm. kind of go away as we focus on Christ. And so the church can really be a, a place for people who disagree about mm -hmm. secondary things, but Love each. Well, and that's where even your your appeal in the letter there that you read, um, to just trust the the elders, to trust the authorities, believing that for this particular family of God and for this particular city and this particular time, uh, we're making the best decisions. Because what the church is to do, I mean, what we're learning through First Corinthians is to proclaim Christ. You know, I, I chose no nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, let that be the foundation upon which we build everything. Mm -hmm. And what can happen is local churches can hit these impasses and they're significant, right? I mean, decisions have to be made, but you can get into such a decision-making spiral that that's all you're thinking about are all the ramifications, all the moving parts, all the possibilities. And all of a sudden, you know, a majority of your thinking, ministry, leadership is actually on a regulation. And, and we kind of got our eye off the ball. Wait a minute, we're supposed to be proclaiming Christ. We're supposed to be nurturing people in the gospel of Christ. Let's, let's not lose that in this moment, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I, and right now I think we're at the point where, you know, we want to give people room to disagree and have convictions like with, providing this online. I think there are people yeah. that are following the services online and they are, uh, I don't want anyone to have to violate their conscience to be a part of Veritas Church. So yeah. the people who've chosen to do all online and are fully engaged every week and they're receiving God's word and you know, when they're getting together with other believers, they are doing masks and social distancing and they don't feel comfortable being a part of the corporate weekend gatherings, um, I cast no judgment on them. And I, I think fact, that we're facilitating even uh, online only connection groups for those that right. want to 
like you're saying, stay vitally connected, but for, for their own personal reasons, yeah. don't want to do that in person. So yeah, not only are we not passing judgment, we're saying, oh, let's help you be the best kind of Christian you can be yeah. while not violating your conscience, you know? Yep. And I think, Mark, even that, you know, I had an, a great conversation with a brother earlier today where, and he is in a more vulnerable category and was saying, well, I, I actually like the way that Veritas is approaching this. And then he just kind of said, I, I do hope that the eight o'clock service that they really will all mask then because that's where I'm going to come. And I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, yes, if there's ever that moment where I would go up to somebody that would come to the eight o'clock and feel like they could express their freedom of not wearing a mask. That would be the one time I think I'd be like, hey, man, we've actually provided for you as well in two other services. We're actually purposing to serve people with, you know what I mean? Like I would, yeah. I would make that a point of confrontation. Yeah. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For, for the sake of those, you know, so I'm just saying, and, and he appreciated that, you know what I mean? That, that we, we truly mean it when we say we're, we're wanting to adapt this in such a way that we're showing love and um, deference, you know? Yeah. I think, I think family. what the world needs right now is uh, just a lot of grace people Man. need grace. And I think we need to give grace to our, our leaders. Yeah. What a time to be a government leader and, and trying to figure out what's best for your, your state or your county or your city. And um, we are called to pray for them. I think especially during these times, wow, to, to be praying for them. But, but also... Well, and even, even things like the CDC, you know, recently they put out a thing, you know, talking about how it, the virus could be more like in aerosol form, like go further, linger longer in the air type of thing, pull that back down. Well, let's be generous with our understanding. And these are all scientists who are trying like crazy to give the people, not just of America, of the world, good information to make good. Their whole purpose is to keep people healthy and alive. You know, yeah. So if they even misfire at times, like you're saying, give them grace. And then I'm also saying, man, I sure hope people are doing that with us as well and not, yeah. not thinking the worst, not imagining impure yeah. motives, but just saying, oh man, I'm not going to imagine a conspiracy theory behind the reason for that CDC thing, or I'm not going to imagine ineptness or whatever. I'm going to say, oh shoot, they're in there swinging. <laughs> they're yeah. Some of the more brilliant minds, you know, trying, trying it, to do the best for it's, us. You know? It's like the, um, the big 12, one of the doctors on yeah. the, on the pan, on the uh, commission or whatever to talk right. about resuming the season. And, and he just said, you know, we won't know for years. Yeah. We may not know for years what the right decisions were. Right. Um, and I think that's where for us also the Hebrews 13 and first Peter five are huge for us in terms of our stewardship is, is not the public health part of it. Like we right. haven't been given that. But the authority we have been given is to care for the souls of God's people at Veritas. And, and I think that is what's driving our decision to do what's best for people's um, spiritual health yeah. and the condition of their souls. And because we've seen it. I mean, Jeff, you, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of people over the last seven months that are struggling yeah. um, with, with intense struggles, with fear anxiety, 
um, we've also seen people thrive, you know, and, and, um, and we've seen the decisions that these people have made that have, I mean, you know, we're, we're walking with people through those things. Well, even, even today, I was reading an article in the newspaper about, um, I was going to use the word pandemic, and I don't, I don't mean to use it loosely, but there is a higher rate of uh, marriage difficulties, like really severe. This was not a, a Christian uh, article, just in the newspaper. And just now people kind of being bottled up and not being able to have the counsel of even other family members or friends, certainly trained counselors that would maybe be able to mitigate some of those things, you know, are fomenting and creating some real havoc within families and marriages. And I'm reading that article like, man, God's church is really, really vital in these moments where relational issues, family issues, interpersonal issues, insecurity issues, whatever, need to be addressed. And there's just no substitute for the body of Christ, right? And so, man, for the longest time we went online that that was the most responsible thing we could do in the urgency of that hour we're able then to meet outside that's been awesome and but i think as long as we can to keep that personal interaction the christian to christian interaction it's vital for just spiritual life yeah social life you know uh like we were talking about earlier too you know we talked about are, are we listening to science? Well, another science in that are the social sciences, right? And, and yeah. they're giving a lot of warnings now about the unintended consequences societally, uh, interpersonally yeah. of things like yeah. the pandemic. And we, we need to be as alert to, you know, offering yeah. hope for, for people in, in those sciences as well. Yeah. My kids, a couple of my kids, Savannah and Jet are getting into aquariums and terrariums and, and uh, the thing is, you're learning about ecosystems and, yeah. and how if you, like with fish, you know, if you have too much light, you're going to get, it's going to kill this fish or it's going to grow this algae. But if you don't have enough light, then I mean, all of the factors, if you change one little thing about your, your aquarium, it throws everything else off or a terrarium, the same thing with, you know, totally. it's just... Uh, what what these organisms need to survive and and have a thriving environment i think our world i mean think about how complex oh. changing one thing i mean jeff earlier on once once uh, the pools shut down um we know, we talked to a, an er um doctor and they were saying that the number of because everyone was buying their own home pools the number of drownings was going was skyrocketing. They had like 11 in one, you know, I mean, in one small amount of time and, and just how something small like that, um, or, uh, Letha's, um, one of her relatives has used the pool to work out because they have Parkinson's and, um, they, they haven't been able to work out the last seven months. So got blood clots and actually mm -hmm. is even now, um, may not make it is in a, you know, and they asked the doctor, why, why, why did this happen? Um, and the doctor said, because he hasn't been actually, he hasn't been moving, he hasn't been exercising. Um, well, mm. that little thing of like a public pool being shut down, you know, that, that ends up causing blood clot. I mean, that's just one, these are micro examples. And I think the, the thing that I guess frustrates me and should, should 
cause us to be humble in how we think about this is that I think there's a, there's an illusion of omniscience that yeah. we have as humans. <laughs> like we think that we've advanced so far and we've got so much knowledge and the statement, we just need to trust the science. Like even what you just said, of, okay, well, what about the social sciences? Right. Um, and then once you realize we're not just a set of data and demographics, we're also like individual souls. We're people right. with eternal yes. souls that, Yes. We cared Need for soul it. care. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's very complex. It's very difficult to make decisions. And I think we do need to give each other a lot of grace. So I think that's our, the spirit of this whole thing. Uh, is And I think that that other part of, um, you know, we really do trust our people. You know, we really believe that all people are image bearers all Christians are in the priesthood of believers are given the Holy spirit. Like, um, I, I don't want to overrun people's lives. You know what I mean? I don't want to like, I think rightly people look to elders, pastors to, to guide, instruct, teach. Mm. But then there's a certain point where we need to honor and respect the individual to make good decisions for themselves. Right. And, and I do fear that there's this, uh, an overreach of different authorities of all kinds, but even in the sphere of the church where we just make very mass decisions for yeah. all people. And there's, there's a little bit of a, a shyness I feel to not overreach in the authority that, that we have, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, and thinking about the passage on the weaker brother or yeah. sister, um, that, that's, that's a complex issue because I've heard, you know, different people saying, well, aren't the people that are saying, like, can't we all just wear masks for the sake of the weaker brother? The weaker mm -hmm. brother being the person who believes that, you know, it is like, we should do this and shouldn't you lean that way? I think that the tension there is, um, who's the weaker brother, you know, cause you, you talk to on either side there, there could, the weaker brother could be the person that won't come if you require masks, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so applying these, there's even complexity in applying these passages right. to this situation. And this is also such a visual thing, yeah. like in Paul's right. day, sitting down for a meal individually at a, at a family's table and, you know, and they bring out meat that they got from the market that was sacrificed to Aphrodite. And right. you're, you're wondering, should I eat this meat or not? Is different than like something that's so public. So right. you can't come into church if you don't do this. Kind of what you're talking about. Like, that's what's hard about this is enforcing something at church that yeah. would force someone to violate their conscience. And I think right. that's why we're trying to provide both options. Right. And I think, too, we have to remember that some of those passages, especially the weaker, stronger brother passage, the, the exact illustration he gives is in a home, it's in hospitality. And that's where a lot of that is the one-on-one -on -one engagement that we have. And so absolutely, all of us as individual believers should conform rightly, not in hypocrisy. We, we meet the people that we're engaging with at their level, right? So, mm -hmm. so if I'm talking to somebody that is clearly in need of a mask and, you know, somebody brought up earlier, I can't remember who 
but this is way pre-COVID. If I met somebody going through uh, cancer treatments and so had a compromised system, you know, I would either stand a distance or put on a mask because, you know, like when my sister-in-law had, anyway, we understand what it means to have compassion and to bend our will to meet somebody that's truly weaker, right? So that goes without saying. It's another thing though to take that particular standard that you have in a home, in a neighborhood, whatever, and just say, okay, therefore all Christians that gather together have to go by this rule. That's where Paul actually comes back and says there's a a fine tipping point between, you know, uh, honoring a weaker brother and becoming a Pharisee and taking something that's not in the Bible and imposing it on everybody. So there's that kind of balancing act that we've got to be careful of, you know, as we apply those scriptures. There was an article I was reading, I think it was from Denmark or something, and they were talking about how even in Europe, the different, um, I I think in Denmark, they don't require masks. And there's kind of a difference on where you're at in Europe. The Northern European countries tend to be more like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Uh, Whereas the South is more uh, strict on it. And, and even in America, we see this uh, in different counties, cities, states. I mean, you go to some states and it's like COVID's not even a thing. I mean, or you go to other places and it's very strict. So, so there's even different opinions geographically within the states. Um, but I think that leaves us with um, just choosing to not assume that if someone has a mask on, they're just you know, the extreme of this, in this article uh, in Denmark, they're like treating them as an, uh, as an ignorant sheeple. Like Uh, one of the just mindless, right. Fearful sheep that's just putting on the mask because everybody else is just this mindless herd of sheep. And the other side that's wearing a mask may be tempted to look at the person who is not wearing a mask as an ignorant Trumpkin, you know, yeah. <laughs> I love that. an ignorant Trumpkin, you know, just, they follow the, they follow uh, the scary what? orange man, you know, like President Trump and they're just following yeah. him. It's like, what's so, the etymology of that word? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty funny because I think that does kind of describe the extreme judgments yeah. that we have if we see someone who's doing one or the other. And, and that's where, man, I, I would really say in moments like this that we are a local C, a little C church, but we're part of the big C church, the church universal. So if there really is anybody at Veritas that just uh, finds the means by which we're going to be gathering just um, intolerable for them, even then, in a charitable way, I think they could say, I actually, for this time, need to find a church family that, that does things differently. You know what I mean? It's a very practical thing. I'm like, okay, I, I don't want anybody to feel bound. Like, again, a spirit of pride that says, we've found the right way. We're accommodating everybody. If you can't find a home here, it's your problem. No, I want to say... This is how we're offering hospitality to God's people. This is how the church, yeah. Little C Church of Veritas, is seeking to be as, as accommodating as we can so that the gospel is proclaimed and people are nurtured in the body of Christ. But if that doesn't work for you, we believe so much. There's a bigger God than the God that, 
just inhabits our praises. Yeah. Other churches, other ways to do things and be warm and well blessed, but, but speak well of us as well, you know, as you go or whatever. And as, as I am of other seeking to honestly with other churches and other decision-making bodies, like, man, God bless them. Tough, tough decisions, you know? Yep. Overall, I think I've been asking this question through this whole thing is that we, we know for sure that we're being tested. We know this. We know that suffering is never for nothing. Yes. The Elizabeth Elliot thing. We know that God has a purpose in suffering, that, that suffering is a, is a trial, is a test. It's, it's bringing our faith through the fire to refine us. And I just asked the question, like, what is this drawing out of us? Mm. When I, when people come and they're just, they, is it drawing out instant outrage? Right. Is it drawing hyper judgmentalism? self-righteousness critical spirit or is it drawing out just the sweetness and graciousness of christ man that i mean i I just ask that question like what's coming out and and i I mean yeah for me it's drawn out all kinds of things yeah (laughs) i I don't want to talk about on the round table (laughs) totally totally yeah dude i i'll tell you what i i just uh was with with, with a couple and we were meditating on the words of first Corinthians 13. And I actually was thinking about how apt even those words are for this moment, you know, because here's what I love. First Corinthians 13 seems like this gentle little passage on what love is because, you know, it's almost poetic and it seems like the kind of thing you'd say at a wedding. This thing has teeth. <laughs> like every time I go back through first grade, if you use God's word as a mirror, if you allow it to, to really kind of show you, you know, right. it defines how God's love is all the time, but then it, it asks you to recalibrate your own, what you've defined as love and, and recalibrate it to God's definition. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. It's not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable. I mean, list, these descriptions like fly in the face of how many of us, myself included, are sometimes reacting in these high pressure times, you know, not irritable, does not keep a record of wrongs, right? We've said through this whole thing, we are likely going to make wrong decisions, not because we're being bold or maverick or trying, but we find out all too late that we made a wrong decision and then give us the grace to correct that and make a better, you know, so you're not, not keeping a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. You know, again, for us to be able to say, here's all our cards on the table. This is exactly how we're coming to this decision. This is the decision. And and we're just going to walk in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Mm. Love never fails. And as I was thinking about that, this little side conversation is going on in my heart. Like, man, that would correct all of us in in some healthy ways, even with this pandemic and masks and how we meet. You, you said, and that love hopes all things. I was having mm-hmm. lunch with uh, Ryan Hamby, and he said, man, our hope muscles are getting a workout. <laughs> I just love that, the way of saying that. Like, it's like parts, uh, like muscles that you haven't worked out in a long time. I went skateboarding <laughs> yesterday, and I was like, oh, man, these, these muscles haven't been worked in a long time. <laughs> and, and our hope muscles, like, 
And, yeah. And do you know who my mentor, like, I'm just thinking about this now, um, Pastor Wenard in Zambia. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think that, that this is a theme for me since we went to Zambia last, last December is, is just reflecting on hope. And we got the WhatsApp message from him. Um, and I, I just want to read it because it was yeah, so it sweet. I mean, it, it encouraged me uh, so much. But this is, the, this is the message from Wenard. He just said, Today I read John 3.16. I see God's love for us. He gave us life, good air, and light. Let's give thanks to him. <laughs> and this is the guy who just told, told Marlon last week, I, I went to the doctor and they removed 14 or, or four or something like that. Yeah. They removed four. four. Four teeth, yeah. Yeah, four. But he didn't say teeth. He just said they had to remove four. Yeah, remove four. And I was four. like, what is it? And then Marlon <laughs> said, hey, next trip, let's make sure to bring a dentist. It's <laughs> like Leonard had to go get four teeth pulled. Oh. He was sick for weeks. Could you imagine being like how sick you'd have to get from infected to teeth? No. But then he sends us this text. Hey guys, I read John three sixteen, and we have good air, life, and light. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's the perspective mm. that that we need right now is just from a pastor who is enduring such suffering. Yeah. And reminding us of hope. Of hope. I mean, that that is, you know, perhaps one of in, in moments like this, one of the uh greatest reasons to gather as God's people is every time you get together and you begin to sing the songs of deliverance and hear God's word proclaimed over us and just see our fellow brothers and sisters it re-stirs hope. Those hope muscles start, you know, in between workouts, yeah. <laughs> uh, begin to stagnate. And it, it does, it re, it just re, even if you walk into the gathered assembly downcast, there's something about the, yeah. the spiritual magic that happens when we get together that is, it, it restores it's hope. Real. It's real. Letha, the last couple of weeks has been like, can we go to Salt Company? And we've been going and it's just, you just feel like, yeah, someone is just pulling you up out of oh, water. Totally. Um, it's, it's, it's God is just the presence that we experience of God when, when we gather. And uh, I, I just, yeah, that feeling of we, I have to have this, like yeah. this, this means so much to me. Um, and, and I was thinking about, I, um, did a the funeral of a, of a woman who passed away and she she passed away of cancer but she said um worse than the cancer worse than the cancer was the isolation um just not having loved ones come and visit her um and because of the covid thing and and just just that isolation was actually worse mm. than dying of the cancer and that's that's amazing to hear that but yeah but yeah she, yeah, just her crying out for community, even toward the end of her life. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think that as we walk through this and try to care for the souls of God's people, um, yeah, we, we don't know 
what the perfect decisions are and right. always what the right decisions are, but um, we're just trying to humbly totally lead out. So totally with What's, boldness, but humility, you know what I mean? Yep. Make a bold decision and move forward in, in strength, depending yep. on Christ, but with the humility that also comes because we're actually following Christ, you know, not yep. leading him also. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll give a lot of, we need to give a lot of grace to our government leaders, a lot of grace to other church leaders, a lot of grace to connection group leaders, yes, youth leaders, uh, and and anyone, uh, parents, you know, yeah. who are making decisions yeah. for their own households and for their yes. kids. Um, yes, hundred percent. So, yeah. Well, why don't you, Jeff, if you would just pray us out? And- yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, God, we. We do trust you. And um, I love even the reminder again of Psalm 23, because Lord, when, when we stop, we, we pause and recognize that you are our shepherd, we really do have everything we need. So um, continue to guide us. We, we want to stay close to you and be filled with your spirit, with the grace and truth of Christ reign in our hearts through this season and help us to really truly serve one another, not, not seeking our own, but truly seeking to serve one another, believing they're more important than we are. Uh, it's a way we're going to honor and love you as well. So God, we love you. Thank you for a chance to talk this out. And uh, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining this week's roundtable. We will see you next week. See you, Jeff.